Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, our guest is Amanda Slady. She is the CEO of Vital Circle. Hi, Amanda. How are you today? Good. How are you, Neil? Doing great. It's a fun day to be alive. We're entering into springtime. Everything's looking good and positive. So I'm feeling up and up. I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah, it's beautiful weather here in Chicago. So looking forward to that weekend. <laughs> yeah. So let's do, to start off, before we get into your business and what you do, we're going to do a check-in round question. This is your capture question to prove you are a human. And my question to you is, what is your go-to karaoke song? Well, I actually think, um, uh, I think staying alive, you know, a little bit of John Travolta. <laughs> so you're doing the dancing while you're singing BGs, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You got to, you know, staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> and you hit all the high notes too. That's no problem for you. I know. That's about that's about my extent of my uh, singing. So yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you can talk through it. You don't really have to sing it. It's like a talking sing. <laughs> and no, nobody knows what they're saying anyway. That's always that's one of those songs. Where, like when you actually see the lyrics written out, you're like, oh, that's what that's about. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, I, you're certified human now. That, that works out for me. I'm a certified human. I promise. Yeah. I'm not a robot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what mine is. Uh, go-to karaoke song. I actually keep a list. This is how weird I am. I keep a list on my phone of karaoke songs just in case oh, really? I'm in that position. So I don't have one. I don't have to worry about this because I just pull it up on my phone. There's like 20 that I'm ready to go with. Oh, wow. That's a good... Well, I haven't been to a karaoke place in probably 20 years, so... Yeah, well, we used to do this with my neighbor, and that was like the big thing. So that's what I'm most looking forward to about the end of social distancing. Oh. So anyway... Although you could social distance uh, karaoke. You can. You can. So anyway, we're going to start that up again soon, hopefully. Okay, good. Good. But let's talk more about you, not about me and my great karaoke skills. <laughs> Tell us about Vital Circle. What do you do? How did it get started? Yeah, so Vital Circle is um, a woman-owned business. Um, we are headquartered and founded here in Chicago. Um, we are founded by a nurse um, who is, as I you know, lovingly say, is in the pandemic. Um, she is vaccinating now between 18,000 to 20,000 people a weekend wow. at major vaccination sites in uh, North Carolina. Um, and so we built Vital Circle, um, focused initially on the daily symptom tracking for, you know, employers, uh, large groups, um, even in-person events, uh, schools, really, you know, as I say, we're industry agnostic. So we look at, you know, how can you manage and mitigate the risk of your employee or population's health? And then in addition to that, we've integrated into it a wearable, non-GPS, uh, non-cell phone dependent, and no biometric contact tracing uh, device. It's a proximity tracing device. So um, it's basically, it's not basically, it is looking for another device of the similar type. So, you know, as your employees or your population is, you know, going throughout the day, Basically, the device-to-devices are recording the date, uh, the length of duration of interaction, and then the distance. And so when you have an employee who reports in a symptomatic um, or COVID-symptomatic or COVID-positive result, um, you can then look and mitigate the risk of who the other employees within your group or other people within your population that need to be you know, quarantined and kept out of the office space. Now, I love the way you've implemented this because it's like, yeah, you could go all out and all the technology, put all the GPS stuff in to make sure everything's there. But then that, I mean, that freaks people out because it's like, man, you're tracking my every movement. You know where I am all the time, all sorts of stuff. So you've actually taken away some of the technology to improve what your the end goal that's supposed to be there. 
Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of different things. One is, you know, kind of your world is this, you know, getting people safe, tracking things, contact tracing, which affects how businesses are going back into the office. And then later on, I'm also going to ask you more about your own work because you're a distributed team and how you operate. Yeah. But let's start with leaders who are planning to bring people back into the office. From your perspective and the things you've been experiencing and talking to, what are people probably not planning enough for right now? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that people aren't planning enough for is, you know, how are we going to mitigate the risk of our employees, you know, once they're all back in the office? So, you know, it's easy, you know, like I, I jokingly say this, but it's true, you know, in my building where I live, um, you know, I got a note last Monday saying, you know, we have an employee who has self-reported that they're COVID positive. Yeah. And that was all that the email was. So then I sat there as a resident of this apartment building thinking, did this person come into my apartment and fix my window last week? Is it the security guard? Is it, you know, like, who is this person? And it's not that I needed to know that it was Neil. Mm-hmm. I just need to know, you know, like, what is that person's role and what is the possible exposure that I had to that person? And so for me, you know, I think employers, you know, they're starting to think about, you know, we need to put the desk six feet apart. We need to um, have more hand sanitizing stations. We need to reduce, you know, the food in the cafeteria. Um, you know, how do we make it a touchless coffee system? All those things that are, you know, CDC safety issues. Those are things that they're focused on. But I don't think they're really focused on, you know, what is the health of my employees? You know, if Amanda and Neil are working in the office together, mm-hmm. you know, um, how close are they together? Because it's quite honestly human nature. I mean, if you go and you just sit someplace and watch people in a line, you know, they start six feet apart. But then they just kind of creep back (laughs) together slowly, you know, because I mean, we it's human nature. I mean, we've had years of muscle memory of, you know, this is what it's going to be like. You know, we get in a line and we get right behind the person in front of us. You know, we meet somebody and we want to shake their hand um, or hug them, depending on the situation. You know, most people have gotten that kind of out of their muscle memory. Um, But, you know, you know, people just kind of naturally start to gravitate back together like a magnet. Um, And so, you know, it's not only, you know, the physical space things that that employers need to be thinking about, but it's also, you know, what is the human nature of people? You know, like I remember, you know, working in an office and we'd have a conference room of six people and, you know, because it was the only conference room available and we need one more chair and somebody would just go steal a chair from someplace. Well, now you've got to you know, get your employee group to understand, like, there's four chairs in this conference room, and they're positioned exactly where they need to be, and don't move them and don't bring any other chairs in there, because we're, you know, doing the the social distancing and the spacing. But it's just going to be human nature that people are going to interact with each other. Um, And quite honestly, you know, people want interaction. People are missing human interaction and seeing people. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, we were just talking about karaoke. I mean, wouldn't you love to go do karaoke tonight? You know, yeah. um, but we all know that we can't at this point. And so I think employers need to be focused on, you know, not only the physical distancing and setup of their office space, um, but they need to be thinking about, you know, what are the things that are just going to happen naturally because we're human beings? You know, people are going to roll their chairs next to each other and have a two second meeting here and there um, or a five minute meeting here and there, I should say. Um, And then, you know, once somebody's identified as COVID positive or COVID symptomatic, you know, you have to then figure out who they've had contact with. And, you know, a lot of times people, you know, whether they purposely do it or non-purposely do it, um, leave out connections and contacts they've had with people. And so by bringing in a technology like we have, you know, it's black and white. 
it's data. You know, it's either you've had contact or you haven't. Um, and so it's easy for HR and operations and leaders to identify, you know, who's had contact with who and then mitigate that risk from there. So I think it's, um, you know, as employers are thinking about coming back into the space, it's not only, you know, how can we, you know, mitigate the risk of, you know, um, employees getting too close together or sitting too close together, but also then how can we, you know, mitigate the risk when there is some type of an outbreak, you know, I mean, and I don't mean like a, you know, I mean, I guess this is, this is considered a plague, but, you know, it's not our pandemic. Um, but, you know, if there's an outbreak and you have an employee who comes to work asymptomatic, um, you know, is fine, and then all of a sudden wakes up tomorrow morning with a temperature of 103 and loss of taste and smell, like they didn't just get covid Yes, tomorrow or, right. you know, on that day. They've, right, right. they've had symptoms. Maybe they didn't feel them, but they've had some kind of symptoms and they've been infectious. And so who have we exposed within the office space? Do you feel like the focus should be less on prevention and more on like response at this point? From that, I mean, I know like we're going to do our best to, if you're in the office, you know, you're wearing masks or you're apart from each other mm-hmm. and everything. But like you said, something's just going to happen and we're going to slowly kind of feel more comfortable the longer we're in those situations and, and let our guard down. So yeah, do the basics in terms of prevention and types of things, but really in terms of planning, planning for that response when something does happen to know, okay, this is how we're going to handle it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think um, it's, it's knowing, having the plan before the crisis happens, Yeah, you know, and so it's making sure that you know what you're going to do when an employee, you know, does pop up positive, because it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, even with the vaccine, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I believe, you know, fully in the vaccine when my number comes up and, you know, I jokingly say when my 11 million number comes up in the Cook County, <laughs> but it's true. Um, I'll get in line. And I'll get my shot. Um, you know, but not everybody's going to want the vaccine. Right. Not everybody's going to, you know, there, there's going to be a huge population. I mean, as we know, you know, what was it last year? 46% of adult Americans got the flu shot and the flu shot has been around since like the forties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if that compared with the fact that, you know, a third to a half of our, of the United States doesn't believe this is a pandemic or doesn't believe that COVID's real or the numbers are real, um, you know, if you add those two together, like how do you get to the 75 to 80% herd immunity? Yeah. You know, and there's some people who are just naturally immune to it. So, you know, I'm not saying that we can't get there, but, you know, it's just, you know, what is the worst case scenario and how do we plan for that? Because it's easier to plan for the worst case scenario and not have it happen than to not plan for it and have it happen and then be like, you know, caught with your pants down. For sure. Tell us a little bit about your team itself as it exists. Where are you located? Are you all in the same place? You spread out? We are completely spread out. Um, You know, we are living in the virtual world. Hmm. Um, You know, we started Vital Circle um, in the height of the pandemic. So in March, April of last year. Um, And so our our entire team has been virtual the whole time. Did you all know each other ahead of time or did you just kind of come together for this? Well, we, 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 we came together for this um, through a hackathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will say that I quarantined for two weeks and then spent three weeks in North Carolina with Becky. So, um, you know, in her house, I didn't, you know. And then yeah. when I came back to Chicago, I did my additional two weeks of quarantine. So I followed all the rules, um, you know. But, uh, you know, we are a virtual group. So we have, you know, developers across the United States. You know, our the head of our technical team lives in California. Um, I'm here in Chicago, you know, Becky's in uh, Charlotte. You know, we have an employee who lives in in Indiana. So we're just really, you know, spread out across the entire um, United States, which is great because then we have more exposure to, you know, people across the states. 
And what's that been like for you? Do you have experience working with distributed teams like this? Is this normal for you or have you learned a lot in the last last year? Um, I mean, it's somewhat normal for me, but um, I have learned a ton about, you know, obviously starting a group uh, virtually, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's different. Like if, you know, you guys can all get together and have like a week long, you know, thought session and then say, okay, everybody go home and do your stuff. Right. Um, you know, in, in this situation, we completely started virtual. So the biggest thing that I've learned about it is communication, mm. you know, open lines of communication, um, you know, being really honest and um, in integrity with your team. Um, you know, so instead of just bottling up that maybe somebody's irked me or rubbed me wrong, um, you know, I'm fully willing to have those conversations, even if they're uncomfortable. Um, you know, because I, I really believe as a leader, um, you know, it's, it's knowing that your team could be smarter than you, you know, in a situation. Um, and so being open to that feedback. And then I think it's also just, you know, been really important, especially in these pandemic times to check in with your team you know, to make sure that everybody's okay. And so sometimes I'll call, you know, our, our head of development and, um, and he'll be like, okay, what do, what do you need? What's going on? And I'll be like, <laughs> nothing. I'm like, I'm just calling to see how you're doing today. Yeah. Like, you know, yesterday was a hard day. Like, did you get sleep last night? You know, I, I always claim that Paul is never sleeping. You know, he's, yeah, yeah. he lives in California. I'm on the phone with him at 7 a.m. and on the phone until midnight my time. And I'm like, when do you sleep? You know? <laughs> So I'm curious now, you talked about bottling up conversations, checking in with your teams. So these are things that are good to do even when you're in the office together. Yeah. So what is it about the digital experience that we're having now that all of a sudden makes it realize like, oh, we need to do this? Or, or what were we missing before in the physical world that it didn't seem so important back then? Well, I think it's it's the physical interaction. You know what I mean? I mean, because you know, I mean, we all know if you're in the office yeah. and your boss is mad at you, you're going to be able to tell. You know, there's those subtle little things, you know, then, then, you know, uh, the way that they walk by the way that they look at you, those little things. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. And I think with people working virtually, um, you know, it's the, the situation we get into is that you don't know, like they sit in this, in this worry state of, oh, I screwed up this project or I forgot to meet this deadline. And, you know, if, and in our world, like as a leader or even an employee, you know, we're sitting in that. You know, and so we're sitting there like all day thinking like, oh my gosh, is Amanda mad at me because I didn't meet that deadline? Or, you know, ooh, I kind of screwed that project up for that client, but we've made it better, but is she still mad at me, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't willing to have those difficult conversations. Um, and so it's just identifying that, you know, there, I mean, there's times when I go to bed and I'm like, oh, I need to call so-and-so because they're probably spinning. You know, like they're sitting there and thinking about this over and over and over again. And, um, where I've thought I've been like, oh no, I'm done. I'm over it. And I've moved on. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like, you know, early on in sales, you know, when I would talk to people, um, you know, I have a friend who's a really good, you know, like, you know, entre entrepreneurial individual, but really good at sales. And I would call him and I'd be like, why are these people not getting back to me? <laughs> like, like I, like, you know, I've sent him a proposal. I followed up with them, you know, like, why are they not getting back to me? And he would say to me all the time, he goes, Amanda, you are completely focused on vital circle. Like vital circle is your life. The people on the other side have deadlines of their own, issues with their employees. You know, yes, they have vital circle to decide on, but it's not their top priority. For yeah. you, your top priority is vital circle. So you're spinning and sitting in it. And it was such great advice. And every once in a while, I'll reach out to him and say like, okay, I need your advice again. And he's like, okay, just breathe. Like, you know, because... <laughs> He's been doing sales for years, um, but, you know, but it's true because, you know, if, if you're that employee who's sitting at home, 
you know, maybe has or hasn't left your apartment or house all week, hasn't had any interaction with a human being except for Zoom, um, and you think you may have irked or maybe I called you and said, hey, I need, you know, X, Y, Z, tell me this, and then I hang up, you know, then you're like, oh, my God, is Amanda mad at me? Like, Mm -hmm. what did I do? Because, so I think, you know, as leaders, it's really important for us to be, you know, aware of, number one, how we're interacting with our, our team. But then I also think it's really important for us to look at, you know, okay, take a step back and be like, okay, is there anything that I've done in my day today? Not that I necessarily need to fix, but is there anything that I've done in my day today that I could rewind? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily that I can take back the words that I said or the way that I delivered it, but can I reach out to the person and just say, Neil, you know, when I called you this morning and I needed that one answer, like, I just want you to know, like, I really appreciate you picking up the phone and answering that. Cause like in that moment, I just needed 30 seconds of your time to do it. Um, and I just want to make sure we're good. Yeah. That's great. You know, because you could have been spinning there all day going, well, why did Amanda call me and only talk to me for 30 <laughs> seconds? Like, does she not want to know what my day is like? But like, you know, again, for me, I'm focused on X yeah. and that person's spinning on something else. I find it to be one of the greatest paradoxes right now is that there's never been a more important time in history that you take care of the people on your team because there's so much uncertainty and this last year's just been so chaotic in so many ways. Like that should be like one of your main focus mm-hmm. as a leader. And yet we've taken away nearly all the signals that you usually get to do that. Oh, yeah. You only have these like virtual interactions where it's hard to know because if I'm just sitting next to you all day, I can sense if you're relaxed or if you're tense. But I don't know if we're we're not communicating like that. Right, exactly. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, the other big thing for our team is whenever we're on a conference call or like this, we are always on video. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a team member's like, well, I didn't shower today. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Like, I can't smell you. you. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) But like, I don't care. Like, put on the video, you know? You know, because and that and that's a rule with me. Like whenever I get on the call with somebody, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm putting on the video. Um, you don't have to, but you know, it just kind of makes me feel a little bit more connected. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the other thing, you know, as leaders that I've really found important is just taking a step back and thinking like, what could I do to engage the team a little bit more? You know, I mean, we've all done the happy hours at four thirty on Friday. We're all sitting around drinking a glass of wine and joking, but like you know, what other things can I do to make this fun? So we've like, you know, you, playing games. Um, you know, I mean, at Christmas time, you know, I was thinking like, what, what would the team want? And, you know, I live in Chicago and I sent them all um, like Chicago food gift baskets. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. frozen pizzas and things like that. And everybody got it all on the same day. And so then we had had, you know, our team call and I was like, everybody having a deep dish pizza tonight, you know? <laughs> Did you do the hot dogs too, or what did you do? I did hot dogs. I did the Italian beef, and I did the pizzas. So I did that. You know, I can't remember. It's like the Chicago. Um, there's a name for it, but um, and oh, and I did cheesecake. Oh, wow. I did the cheesecake too. So yeah, I was like, so people, some people who like you know are single were like, wow, this is enough food. And I was like, great, just put it in your freezer. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk about. I know you. You don't seem to have any plans to like create a physical office setting for Vital Circle anytime soon. But as a thought experiment, if you were to create an office space for, let's say, 25 people. Let's say you were going to grow and you're going to hire a lot of folks that were there. What would that space look like, given the world we live in right now? Like, what would you want the office to be? What's the function it serves? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I think the function it would serve, number one, is just having the connection with human beings. You know, in my previous roles before I started Vital Circle, you know, I've done office build-outs and moves and stuff like that. I've done hundreds of them. Um, And so, you know, I've seen how... The physical space has gone from, you know, private offices, 
for, you know, the executives and, you know, very large cubicles with high walls, you know, and this was, you know, in the, you know, nineties, um, to now it's, you know, you get maybe a four or five foot table, maybe it, you know, is a standing desk or not. And there's no, there's no like, you know, panels, there's no anything between you and the person next to you. You know, you kind of like create your own little space by getting your monitor and putting your monitor (laughs) where you want it. And like a picture of your kid, that's extremely large, you know? Um, so I think, you know, for me, you know, if I was going to dream up an office space, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, pods of areas to work, like comfort places to work um, and, you know, and have team meetings. Um, you know, likely there would be, you know, some enclosed conference rooms because, you know, just physically you have to have that in order to have a meeting with a client or a presentation, you know. You can, you, I mean, you know, I, I always laugh when people are like, oh, I want to put a ping pong table in my office. And I'm like, really? Because you have an open office space. And if the two IT guys, not picking on the IT guys, but if the two IT guys are playing ping pong while somebody's sitting at their desk five feet away, do you know how irritating that is? Like yeah. to hear like, dink, 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 you know what I mean? Um, so I always joked with, with clients when I would do that, I'd be like, you realize that the ping pong table is going to turn into like a, a buffet table pretty soon, <laughs> right? But like, it's not going to do anything else. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, I think it's um, making, number one, it's safety. Um, you know, so making sure that as people come back into the office or even come to the office, feel safe. So I think it's, you know, how do we create a space that feels open and airy, um, but everybody still gets to have like their own, you know, I don't want to say enclosed space, but just enclosed space. So I would think it'd be a lot of like colors. I think there'd be probably a lot of plexiglass or glass involved in it, Mm -hmm. um, where people still feel they have the safety and protection of an enclosure, but they're not enclosed off from everybody else. Yeah, the more I think about it, it's like, okay, what's the function that the office serves? And like you said, it's gotta be there for that physical, personal interaction yeah. that we are craving right now and, and need to have on some level. So making sure there's space for that, but then also recognizing that a lot of people, their, their home just doesn't work for work. Right. And if they really need to focus, they need a space to do that. So to be able to provide that as an employer is a great thing. But I think we will need to rethink, you know, what's the function of the office? It's not just by default to have it, but it's an add-on feature. So what do you want it to do? It's a really good thought. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean we I mean we've all kind of become used to, you know, a kid screaming in the background, the dog starting to bark. You know, I was on a call the other day with somebody and their kid came running through the kitchen with, you know, with no clothes on. And she was <laughs> yes. like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. He likes to take his diaper off and run out." I was like, it's fine. Like, you know, this is life. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, how many of us are zooming, you know, I'm, I'm zooming from, you know, one of my uh, tenants, um, you know, front of their stores right now. Um, but how many of us are zooming from our bedrooms? Yep. I mean, like, this is another thing to think about is like, we have as a society, you know, opened up our homes to our, you know, our fellow employers mm-hmm. or fellow employees. And so like, I think there's also this level from a leadership standpoint, of thinking how intimate that has gotten. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, if you really think back to it, would you have thought a year ago, you know, today that I'd be, I'm assuming this is a living room with behind you, but a living room with, you know, your books and everything. Like, I always think of things like when I'm in my office, my physical office, you know, in my house, you know, I, I always look behind me to see what kind of books people can see that I'm reading. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, you know, because I mean, there's, you know, from a place of love, I'm saying this, like people judge, Yeah, sure. do you know what I mean? And so like, so there's just that aspect. So I think, you know, I think number one, people are just dying to get back to, back to, you know, I hate the coin term new normal, but they're dying to get back to the new normal. They're, you know, they want to get back. I mean, you know, I had a friend who works for a very large, you know, real estate 
company and they did a survey and 80% of people surveyed said that they want to get back to work at some level, whether that's, you know, you know, four days a week, five days a week, three days a week, whatever that is, you know, that specifically would, you know, have to be figured out, but people want to get back together. They just want to make sure they're doing it safely. Makes sense. Amanda, it's been great to chat with you. Uh, we've learned a lot from this situation and this conversation. So tell us a little bit about where we can go to learn more about Vital Circle and the rest of your work. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, you know, our website is www.vitalcircle.health. Um, you know, we are on LinkedIn, you know, we're on the social media sphere, you know, luckily that is not my zone of genius. I have a team (laughs) that does that. Um, you know, you can get us in Twitter and like LinkedIn and Facebook and all that stuff. Um, but you know, if you want to reach out and learn about more about mitigating risk for your team, um, you know, or population or human beings that you're getting together, um, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to, you know, talk to anybody about doing symptom tracking, um, and looking at the health of your population and then the contact tracing side of it so that, you know, when somebody is identified as symptomatic or COVID positive, um, you can mitigate the risk of spread. And ultimately, you know, our goal is that if you can, you know, nip it in the bud and, you know, figure out that Amanda's, if I'm COVID positive and I've exposed Neil, you know, we both work from home for the next two weeks and it's just two of us out of the office before it becomes, you know, five and then 10 and then, okay, we're closing down the office. We have to do a deep clean. We're closing down the plant, you know, the manufacturing plant, all that kind of stuff. But we'd love to hear from everybody. Cool. Well, great. Uh, Hopefully this is not the last time we interact. We'll definitely invite you back to some other things going on, but it's been great to meet you and get introduced to you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Neil. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you are. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.